November 26, 2022. It's a what for Pedro's show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Started off with, now this is 1951, one of John Coltrane's first solos he recorded with Dizzy, and it was with Dizzy Gillespie. I think uh, Percy Heath's on the bass. And, uh, yeah, we loved a boogie. Well, as a teenager, Boogie was like Savoy Brown and Foghat. Okay, after that, Fields with Deconstructed. And I got to share a stage with Fields. And uh, through the magic of those software engineers in Estonia and their Skype invention. Right? <laughs> 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 Lena with you. Welcome aboard, Lena. Thank you. Hi, I'm happy yeah. to be here. So, Thanks for having me. And we well, we got to give uh, credit to Stevie Bono for making the connect. So, the legend. So please bring your earliest musical recollection. Earliest musical recollections. Oh man, um, my parents were musicians. My dad was a drummer, um, and uh, he played in um, some some pretty big bands, but. Um, my, then my mom started a band when I was two, and they used to practice in our living room. So, uh, you know, it's my whole life has been about making music and being surrounded by musicians, <laughs> you know. What you're saying is your earliest musical re- recollections, your parents practiced at the pad. Yeah, I mean, now. I also, my mom, I guess she, she told me that in order to make sure I was you know, okay, if I was out of eyesight, she would make me just, like, I would just sing all the time. So I don't know, I, you know, there's, there's, I definitely, there's pictures of me when I'm little, like kind of strumming a guitar. I started playing violin when I was in fifth grade. And, you know, it's just, it's always been a big part of my life. Well, at the, in, at the pad you grew up in, there was musical instruments, correct? Yeah, everywhere. Okay. So, uh, did you jump on any of them? You you said violin in the fifth grade, but did you jump before you even went to school? Did you jump on any of those instruments? Um, I, I I think I messed around with guitar a little bit, but I mostly like to sing. Um, my dad actually, as I mentioned, he was a drummer. He like built a, a miniature drum kit for me out of like normal drum parts, you know, just like a a rack tom for a floor tom, and you know, like a little, just a really tiny little kit hoping that I would get into it, but I wasn't really that into it. But then he actually ended up playing it at a few shows. So Well, your mom was a singer, so you took after her? I guess so, yeah. I mean, my dad, other than being a drummer, he also like played some guitar and stuff. And he was in, he played a lot of really good music. So I don't know. It's, it all kind of comes through in different ways, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way... But the, everybody's got, I found, you know, I've been doing the show 21 years, six months, and all the paths yeah. are still a little different. It's not right. exactly same old, same old. For example, what was the first record you bought with your own money? With my own money. I think, that was a tough question. I remember actually when I was really, uh, like probably four or something, I had uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, but that wouldn't have been my own money, but that would have. That was definitely my first record that was mine. <laughs> well, I ask because when you're a kid, you ain't got a lot of money. so Right. I think with my own money, I remember I would like go down to Tower Records and they'd have like the 10 stations where you could listen to stuff and I would just pick one. So there might have been uh, might have been like Chamba Wamba or something. <laughs> you, know, like... the, you know, they played in Pedro. No way. Yeah, Peachy way. Yeah, Dose opened up for him. 
Uh, wow, the two bass band cool. me and Kay had for 35 years. Yeah. And in fact, also on the bill, Torn with them, they were Leeds cats from England, and they uh-huh. had with them Torn, Eve Libertine from the uh, Crass, and her boy, oh, wow. was, her boy was playing guitar. It was like a duet. That's amazing. Yeah, it was trippy. And the, the YMCA here on uh, 9th Street, something like that, YWCA or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a gig there, I remember, and there was a, another Pedro gig, too, in, some, somewhere else. I just, Long time ago in the nineties. So, what was the first gig you saw? I mean, it was my parents playing for sure. Um, but um, I, when I was uh, in middle school, me and my mom moved to a tiny hippie town in Oregon called Ashland. That you yeah, know, it's right over the border. With, sorry, it's on I five, right o- over the border. Yep, it's a great place to stop when you're trying to get up to Portland um, for food. But um, yeah, so I lived there for a while, and I definitely Which one? remember. Med- oh. it's, it's near Medford, and one of them has a Shakespeare festival. That's Ashland, okay. yes. That's <laughs> the main revenue for that town is Shakespeare, yes. But me and my friends went to go see a show, and it was, you know, like a, a sort of like psyche hippie band called Pele Juju. You know, I, I, I don't know if they, I've never sought out their records or anything like that but it was a a nice time (laughs) i think i think after like with really like having any consciousness about what music i was going to experience i definitely when we moved back to la i didn't i didn't really know that much about i hadn't found a lot of music that i liked but i went to one of the k-rock weenie roasts when i was in ninth grade and um you know, that was that was in some way I got to see, you know, Gwen Stefani do one arm push ups and Stone Temple Pilots play with uh, the singer dressed up in drag and all of that, you know, had an impression on me. <laughs> I did some of uh, uh, help the porno for pyro guys out of some of that kind of corrupt pay to play. Right. If you do your, their festival of put you on the k-rock or whatever oh, i mean around. obviously when when you're outside of the industry you have no idea how you know how uh pay to play a lot of those things are but yeah here let sure. me ask you, you you mentioned about school because i was going to ask about you know being in the choir or the marching band or shit like that but you said you ended up on violin yeah, I started playing violin in fifth grade just through school, and then I was in school orchestras, and then I started joining like youth symphonies that were outside of school. And uh, from being in orchestras and stuff, um, I started taking private lessons. I was very, you know, fortunate to have parents that were able and willing to support me with that. Um, and I took private lessons for fifteen years, um, and I do session work now. I play violin really often with all kinds of different bands and artists and stuff. So, you know, paid off and everything. Um, and obviously I really love playing the instrument, but um, yeah. What about school. outside of school? Like not after, not graduation, but in the afternoon, uh, the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band, did you do that stuff with the violin? No. Um, I, when I started playing with bands, um, I was, I actually, went through a very nihilistic destructive punk phase you know as a lot of teenagers do and uh, i just wanted to scream into a microphone so uh the first real band that i was ever in um we were called time to kill 
and we never actually played a live show. It was only in the garage. <laughs> kind, of, kind of practice band. And, uh, it, I guess so. But you know what's crazy is that that band, the bass player, Amy, and the drummer, Mike, ended up being later on my bandmates in feels, like years later. There's something so, about that, right? Don't ever burn your bridges. You never know. Right. And you might be playing. Yeah, you never know. You might be in your band, you know. Yeah, because I think some people think life is just a series of stepping stones instead of like kind of cycles sometimes. Oh, my God. It's all cycles. Yeah. Chuck D said something about that. He said, cycles, cycles. Life comes in cycles. Old is new. No, I ain't no psycho. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he had a, he, hey. quite a voice. I think he lives in Santa Barbara. Not Long Island oh, does guy. He? Yeah, yeah, he married a professor lady at uh, UC Santa Barbara. Look, I want to play nice. uh, Tobu.
Watford Pedro show. Start off that chunk of music with Fields doing Toll Booth. Then Roger Clark Miller, his, his new record. It's a bunch of these musical, uh, instrumental, of course musical, but instrumental pieces uh, on his uh, guitar and stuff. Dream Interpretation number 19. They're all like some kind of interpretation of dreams with a number. Then M.B. Jones off his new record. I've done the demo for the, but here's the real thing. It's coming out. It came out. Wabi Sabi Psycho Discodelic M.B. Jones from West Mass. Then How how I Quit Crack out of Texas with Born at Dawn and then Feels with Anyways. So you, you had this band where all you guys did practice. Did you compose? Did you still make songs even though you never did a gig? Definitely. Yeah, we, we had a few songs. Um, it was just, you know, kind of a drug-induced um, <laughs> sort of crazy period, you know. Um, so we, we didn't really follow through with getting the live gigs going and all that. It was it was, it was was more about just getting together and getting some stuff off your chest, you know. And you weren't um, doing any violin. This was all singing. Yeah. Um, for a long time the violin and singing or I mean like it's the violin thing has always been kind of a compartmentalized aspect of music for me because you know classical training is so different than punk music or you know like the rock that I was really that really resonated with me you know so for a long time they were very separate um and just now you know in my 30s they're starting to connect where it's like I'm making um, I have an album that's not released yet. That's all, you know, solo music that a lot of it had songs that I had written when Fields was still a band and, uh, that just didn't fit with feel, you know, just like softer, more introspective music and there's tons of strings on it. So it's like just starting to meld together now, but for a long time, it was very separate. I, you know, I did the violin stuff. Um, mostly I did sessions and stuff, but, you know, as a songwriter, it took a, it took a, a while of concentrated effort to kind of break that classical training brain. You know, there's so much about rules and what's supposed to happen and just everything being very, very complicated. And, you know, the whole process of getting to a place where I could write songs that were coming from a, a much more boiled down, you know, minimalist uh, sort of uh perspective it it took it took a while so i think i needed to have that separation there well what let's get to the timeline thing okay because you have this band that never does a gig mm -hmm. and then i know you know all the stuff we're playing today is going to be from the fields but so what's in between so oh yeah a lot <laughs> yeah so that, out of that band that prac band thing yeah. What was the next musical stuff you do? Well, you you, you had the compartmentalized vi violin always going in a parallel universe, correct? Right, yeah. right. Um, well, I started uh, playing bass in bands when I was 18. Um, I just I had a boyfriend who had a band. They needed a bass player. So I started playing bass because I had played guitar in like the jazz band in my high school. Not that I was great or anything, but... I, I, I was really into guitar when I was a teenager. I spent a lot of hours alone in my room just, like, learning how to play, like, whole records and stuff. Um, so uh, that parlayed into playing bass. I played in a bass in this band called Peacock that no one will have ever heard of. And then I played um, 
I actually played bass and violin with someone named Devin Williams, who still makes music now. Um, we that was my first touring experience was playing with him. Um, then I played bass in a band called Residual Echoes, um, and actually got to play on some actual like recordings and write some stuff with them. You know what um, string uh, instrument is close to violin, especially as far as the intervals. Yeah. It's mandolin. Did you ever do that? You know, I have one. I do. Okay, because um, uh, Petra I, Hayden's an old friend of mine, and she kind of grew up with classical, you know, not really with rock and roll. She learned how to play the violin. She ended up with her grandmother's mandolin, and she said it was so easy to switch over. Totally. Same strings, same yeah. everything. Um, obviously the right hand is very different, <laughs> but, yeah, the but there, there's, there are, there, are, there's techniques on the violin where you get all plucky and shit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the strings are, uh, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're metal wound and they're not good. Well, and, and the bridge is curved. The, the bridge it's is really in, well, it's curved on the violin so you can do arco. Right. Right. And, and on the mandolin, <laughs> you want to go across the strings so, exactly. Yeah, they're more flat, and it's all about the pick, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. And chords. You know, violin's not really a chord instrument. Um, violin's a melody instrument, really. So, yeah. No, mandolins are great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then um, I was I was really into playing bass and, you know, singing What was your bass? What'd you say? What kind of bass? Come on, I, I'm oh. a little of a prejudice about that instrument. So. <laughs> well, my first bass that I actually had my that was my own. My dad got it for me when I was 18. We went down to Black Market when it was there on Fairfax. And, sure, uh, I remember up in Hollywood. Yeah, um, I got a silver tone, uh, like hollow body. It's very like 60s. It's got like a scroll top. Um, so that was my bass at first. Now I have a, a Fender Mustang bass. Um, and I, you know, I'll use them both. The, the silver tone definitely has that like thumpy kind of like, you know, Serge Gainsbourg. It's like perfect for that kind of stuff. But, but the, the guy who played most of the bass for Serge was, a, he's still around. Herbie Flowers. Wow. Herbie Flowers. He's a guy. I don't know if you, you know about this Lou Reed song, Walk on the Wild Side. Oh, Yeah. Well, that's that's Herbie, and he's actually got two bases going. A I know, isn't it's the a stand up and an electric bass? Yeah, because they're they're glisten opposite directions, right? And it's using like a tenth chord, which sound real big on bases. Oh, it's, so uh, awesome. The intervals far away enough, but not. I remember doing this uh, gig with uh, Glenn Brank, and he had us doing like flatted seconds on the bass. Symphony number thirteen. So. <laughs> You who'd you say after Peacock was uh, Ben? No, then I was playing with Devin Williams. Devin Williams, that's who. Residual Echoes, um, and then I played with a band called The Starlight Desperation for the last um, run of their. They'd been a band for a long time, and I I had been a fan previously, and then joined just for the lap to support their last album. Um, and then I actually got recruited to join like an all girl Motown style pop band for a couple of years called the like that I toured with. I remember um, those. I remember those people. Yep. So, I might've been on some stages that where they played. I don't know you if go. you were in the band yet, but we, you were through their whole career, were you? 
No, no. I, I, they, they released one record, um, you know, early on, and then the second one came out in 2010, and that was I, I basically was just recruited to tour support for that record. But, you know, it was very like curated the image and everything. So, I'm all on the this cover stuff, of the album, even though I didn't play on it. And all stuff. this stuff, you're like a side lady, side person yeah. for the bands. Do you have your own little world going on? Are you composing yourself and stuff? Even while yeah, but out I, I come from being like a really, really shy person naturally. That's kind of why, like, you know, when I mentioned that, like, when I was a teenager and I had the sort of, like, nihilistic phase where we had our band where I just screamed, you know, it's like it was kind of a drug-induced thing, <laughs> honestly, because... You know, I came, I came from being a very kind of timid, shy girl. And I thought for sure that, you know, I, I, all, I wrote songs since I was a little girl. But I thought for sure that it would be like a like a closet musician thing. The violin, too. Like, I mean, the first time my best friend ever heard me play was years after we had been friends. And I fainted, <laughs> you know. Wow. Well, did you get so, into the thing when, like, you get four track and you start uh, overdubbing over yourself and shit like that? Yes, okay. definitely. That's but that they were just for your ears. You didn't want to play them for other people. I just, I, I don't know. It was, it was. It, it, I really had to do it in baby steps. You know, it was like playing in other people's bands and kind of always secretly writing stuff on my own, but not thinking that it was good enough for anyone else to, you know have to sit through, you know, like just that kind of like real self-deprecating. Well, Elena, you were also talking about that other world. You know, that other world, hardly any of those people who play those pieces compose. Right, exactly. And I still, to this day, sometimes I'll sit in on, you know, random sessions where everyone else has, you know, went to Juilliard and stuff, and suddenly they'll find out that I actually improvise, and they're like, how do you do that? I think that there, there's, a, there's a part in that field, that I think they call them cadenzas. They're kind of a little improvised, right? Look, we're at the end of the first hour, November 26, oh, 2022, Dish Pedro Show special guest, Lena. Uh, Meyer, uh, how do you say the whole name? <laughs> It's Myers Ionita. 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 Yeah. Uh, hold tight for hour two. November 26, 2022. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Tiri 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 tiri
Watford Pedro show. Start off the second hour with Fields doing car. That's Econo. Then serve brand new from Lisa Cameron, Primary Mystical Experience with Cal Bell. It was done out in the desert here. Joshua Tree. Uh, Clement Panozo. Look, look, looking for this smile. Uh, after that was Viv Coringham and Al Margolis. Al Margolis out of Chester, New York. Incredible cat. I got to collaborate a couple times with him. Hopefully more. Mm-hmm. Uh, voice slash violin, number one. And then finally, feels with rodeo. So, let's get into the feels. How did yeah, that happen? We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> in the timeline. Well, so then I was in that band alike. And I had zero creative expression in that band. And I think that that really pushed me to kind of explode after that, you know, because, you know, it's like as a as a songwriter, like playing in other people's bands, obviously, I, I love being a musician as well. But like there was a part of me that was really just kind of crystallizing, you know, and especially being in a band where that was not allowed at all to come out. It just it like exploded at the end. And, you know, I made a list of people I knew. I had a whole album's worth of demos. And I went to shows looking for people to join the band. At first, it was called Raw Geronimo because my stage name for a long time was Lena Geronimo because that's what my mom was going to name me if I had been born a boy. Um, anyways, so... Basically, Raw Geronimo, like, we released a record, but really that band was kind of, like, the trial and error phase before we figured out who the right people were. And well, how did how'd you find them? Like. And right. then it became... Later, like, how did you find the people? Did you, like, put ads in the recycler or what? <laughs> no, well, I mean, it was a little tricky because I had been on tour for two and a half years with this other band, so I was a little out of the loop, but, you know... Um, I, I went to go see shows. I saw, I saw people play and, you know, if there were band, uh, people that were on stage that it didn't seem like they were the main songwriter, but they were really impressive to me as a musician. I would, you know, talk to them after the show, get their information, send them the music and see if they were interested, you know? Um, but as I mentioned earlier, the drummer, was actually my friend who I'd played in a band with in high school. That's right, so circle back, circle it, back. Yeah. I had gone to see him play with a different band and was like, oh man, you're, you, you're, you're doing, it sounds awesome. So he was down and then, um, but there was a lot of revolving with the other members. Well, no, let, let's start with the first Feels gig. Can you remember it? Yes, yes. When it switched from being Roger Automotive Feels, I yeah. think we were playing at Pear Space. Um, oh yeah, that little all I remember ages. that. It was like in a strip mall. Yep, yep. Maybe by uh, near Philip, the old Filipino town. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, um, Amy, who had been in the high school band, she had been in Santa Cruz going to college for a long time. She had moved down. Our bass player had moved to New York. So basically, and then I started playing guitar. When I first started Roger Geronimo, I just wanted to sing. Uh, but anyway, feels. Oh, and then Shannon. Shannon Lay, I don't know if you're familiar with her music, but she's a very successful folk musician now. But she actually was working at a vintage store, and a friend of mine who worked there had told me that there was a new person working there who was a really good guitar player who could sing and play keys and stuff. 
So, you know, I walked in there and slided her a CD and she wanted to do it. So that's how I found the band members. And yeah, after a couple of years of trying. No, no, her, no. Let's let's try to re uh, recall the first gig. The first gig. It was Pear Space. Okay. And, but, yeah, it, but, but how did it go down? Was it a success? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like it was it was a very uh, gentle transition from being Rogeronimo to feels like Rogeronimo had we'd gone out to South by, we'd done some touring. And so the show was initially booked as Rod Geronimo. And then we just were like, actually, we're going to change the name. So it wasn't like, Oh my God, it's our first show. We've never played together live. It was, it was, it was more of like a transition. Well, um, who was from the other band, the drummer man, right? Mm hmm. But there were some wait, new wait. people, right? That, that's, the bass player was the only new okay, person, and okay, she okay. and uh, me what and about the what about the batch of tunes? The batch of twos. Tunes, 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 tunes. Yeah, I mean, some of we we started out as Fields playing Roger Onimo songs. Oh, and, okay, okay, you know I, okay. So it was it was more of like a transformation than like an abrupt change. You sure, know? sure, like an evolution. Exactly. I want to exactly. play uh, "Find a Way."
Live for Pedro show. That chunk of music started off with Find a Way with Feels. And then Larry Boast with Statue with Limitations. A little pun rock there. Right? You take the K out and you got pun rock. Ray Shin from Desolation Renner. And then Feels with Night Walker. So, now did Geronimo ever record? Yeah, we released an album called Dream Fever, but um, it's not on Spotify. You could probably find it on YouTube if you really want to. I didn't to. even mention that company because I don't. Yeah. It's like I never call this show using that P word. So so right. when it comes time to record, Feels ain't going to be a Geronimo band, right? Well, basically, no. We, we decided to change the name because it was the idea. No, I'm talking about to- when it was time when Feels went into the studio. You didn't play mm-hmm. any songs off that Geronimo record, right? We played one. The for our first, so the first Fields album, we recorded it with Ty Siegel. Um, after having recorded it before, so we were really ready to go, um, and we recorded it all in one day. And it does feature one song that was also on the Rod Geronimo record. Um, the song is called Bird's Eye. Um, so yeah, I guess even then there was a little bit of transition over but you know um the band had become a lot more of like a kind of straightforward sort of punk thing um there was more i mean i've never been able to stick to one genre at all you know so of course i say that but there's a lot of other stuff going on and i love as much as i love like yelling and screaming i also really love to sing like awesome melodies you know so i can't help doing that and um, but yeah, so the first the first Feels album, which I wasn't able to send you any tracks from because I didn't have the MP3s handy in the middle of the night last night. Um, but that album is a little scuzzier sounding, a little dirtier sounding, you know. Um, it was recorded all to tape in one day and mixed the next day just straight on the board. Never hit a computer until it was done. Um yeah, so, and then the second run we actually recorded with Tim Green up in Grass Valley, um, and that one we, we, we stayed at the studio for a whole week and got to, like, really get into it, and that was really fun. Did you have the tunes done, or did you write in the studio? We had the tunes mostly done. Um, obviously, some of the overdubs were ideas that we tried out in studio. I, I was definitely still finishing lyrics, like, there <laughs> i remember like kind of sweating over a piece of paper you know um i heard but, about mick jagger's yeah. like that mick jagger he writes on demand you know some people have notebooks full of words right kind of reservoir but some people mm-hmm. they, they write you know whoa i need a, words here <laughs> like now I, I i do really well under pressure <laughs> so, you know yeah sometimes it's like oh shit i have a show tomorrow and i want to play this new song i better write the lyrics for it <laughs> you know Grass Valley, uh, I think, uh, you know who lived out there was uh, Richard, uh, this guy, the Modern Lovers. Oh, Richard Hell? No, no, Richard Hell's oh. the Voidoids, but uh, the guy, he's an Lovers. East Coast guy, yeah, but then he ended up living there. Uh, yeah, he, he plays guitar and sings himself. Uh, Roadrunner was his big song, right? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's, God, I uh, played a lot of gigs. He'll, he'll play with a, drum, a drummer who has to have towels on the heads. <laughs> and I think he, he lives out in, in, gra- in grass. Oh, yeah, they had that song Homewrecker and shit. Isn't it Jonathan something? Jonathan Richmond. Jonathan Richmond, yes. Yeah, the Richard. Yeah, I had it backwards. 
Yeah, I think he 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 was living out there still. But uh, it's up there, like the the Sierras and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's gorgeous. We we yeah. went we went down to the Yuba River or not the Yuba. Which river is it up there? The Russian River, I think. Anyways, it was really nice. Russian there was Russian rivers more by trees the sea. everywhere. I think uh, there's the Sac River and the American River. I know they meet in Sactown, which is not mm-hmm. too far from there, and that's where all that rice is, the Delta, right? So uh m- much different between the two albums. Um, I think the production style was different for sure. Um, you know, and then also obviously the second record, well, I guess not obviously, but it's, you know, like when the first album was made, it was like 2015, 2016, the garage rock thing was in full bloom. Um, and I think by the time we decided to make the second record, we kind of wanted to like, um, be a little bit more intentional about like, everything <laughs> it happens it happens look we're at the end of the second hour november 26 2022 edition pedro show special guest lena myers ionita ionita november 26 2022 it's the third hour of the watt for pedro show
Lot for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with uh, flowers and uh, Etag 34, right? I think it's 34th floor uh, in French, Francais, right? And, and Denko out of Tokyo, incredible uh, singer lady. Uh, she uh, also uh, used to play some wild ass guitar. Densi, Bumas Prendon. These guys have been around like 40, 50 years and done six gigs, but they've done thousands of records. After the Eclipse, Bombas Prendon. Engines of the World, the Invisible Opera Company of Tibet. And finally, Feels with Trash Island. So, what? what is your process? What comes first? Music? Title, words, image. It depends. Kind of, it, you know, it's always a little different. Um, sometimes it's words. Sometimes it's a melody. Sometimes, I mean, that song "Car" that you played is called "Car" because I was just sitting in my car and I was just like, bow, bow, digga, 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 into my voice memos. You know what I mean? And that's that was the guitar riff. So, uh, you'll, you'll uh, make up. Uh, you'll make up the little ostinato, the little uh, figure. A little motif with your voice, using your voice. Yeah, usually. Um, my voice, I have like thousands of voice memos that are like that kind of stuff to dig through when I have time, you know. Um, but it depends if, obviously, if there's something that I really need to talk about, like to get off my chest, like lyrics will come first, maybe. Um, but also anytime I grab a guitar or a bass or something, usually with a guitar especially, though, um, if I sit there for long enough, I start coming up with songs. You, you mean, know, I don't you know. Mean, like, not, can I ask you? Can I ask you? You compose on the bass? Very rarely. Yeah, to that's be what I thought because most people don't. <laughs> it's usually yeah. the last thing. And when does the titles come? Do they come last? Last. Yeah. Very, very last. So, so, so tell me about Trash Island. So Trash Island. How do you, how do you win a title like that? <laughs> Well, we were actually talking about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Um, oh, yeah. Size of Texas or something. <laughs> right. Um, and we were kind of, obviously, it's not something that you could stand on. It's, you know, it's it's not uh, solid. But, you know, just for, you know, cartoon's sake, we were talking about this, like, sick fantasy and obsession with plastic that we have as a society and, you know, turning it into, like, this love affair with plastic where... All like your your fantasy is to live on Trash Island, and you know, like where nothing grows and nothing changes, and everything is just you know plastic. So, so it's <laughs> but, like a, a observation and commentary kind of thing. Yeah, the the post Earth, the second Fields album was very focused on climate change, and then Trash Island is off of the EP that we released in 2021. With actually, Shannon had left the band, and we had another member called named Cole Berliner who joined, who has a band called Kamikaze Palm Tree. Um, he he joined the band. It's a three song EP, um, and he actually sings on Trash Island as well. But um, that. We actually recorded that EP like as the p pandemic was setting in. We were in the studio and all getting like text messages saying that like schools were closed and stuff like that. So now, you do, know do, when do we when we recorded it, we were planning to just release it as like a little sneak preview to the upcoming album that we were making. But um, it ended up you know the whole world shut down and just for various reasons, the basically the band ended up 
deciding to break up. So that EP is the final feels release. Um, we did play some shows in August just a few months ago to kind of like a farewell tour sort of because that fu- that festival Pickathon asked us to play and it's too much fun for us to turn it down kind of. Um, so we made a little tour around that. But yeah, so feels is no more actually. And, okay, um, let's play some feels for the last celebration of the <laughs> lot, last...
Thank mm -hmm. you.
Moff from Pedro, last music for this edition. Yeah, last music from the fields. Started the chunk off with Sour. Then Body Kite with Summon the ro- Robots. Maxine Funka with Flourish. And then finally Post Earth from the fields. That Post Earth sounds like kind of a Terra commentary. Yeah, that one's about um, billionaires destroying the Earth and colonizing Mars, <laughs> which is funny because it's kind of what they're doing now. <laughs> well, they would, would like to. See, a lot of they're, it's fantasy. They're, they're trying. Yeah. Well, the fun thing they about win, They win the lotto, and they don't think it's that. They, th- they think they have a big skill set. And, the, you know, this, if you look at history of this kind of stuff, what was that movie with that? Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Let There Be Blood, I Drink Your Milkshake or something. Right? He accidentally <laughs> finds the oil, but th- th- it doesn't solve things in a way. Right. A corrupt, exactly. A corrupt person is a corrupt person. Right. And that's the fun thing about that song is that the last chorus is literally about how, like, well, good luck because actually the whole system is going to break down and you're all going to end up having to eat each other, basically. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. Lana. Where can people find you on the internet? Do you have your own website? I do. It's lanasounds.com. L-A-E-N-A sounds. Yeah, um, we, we got to uh, yeah. spell that because it's a little different. L-A-E-N-A-S-O-U-N-D-S dot com. Yes. And that's mostly my session work website, but you'll find all the other stuff on the there The corporate too. ones probably have links going there. Yeah. I should. I should check that as soon as this is done. <laughs> no, but it's like uh, putting flyers on uh, AT&T telephone poles, you know. Right. 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 So, so I'm not against it, but I, I really think it's important. I thought when the websites came, it'd be like everybody having their own fanzine. Oh, that would got, be Because nice. you got no middleman, right? You know, right. Right, right. Well, that's the idea with the whole internet, you know, but then it obviously got co-opted and organized by... And people also, some of their uh, herd behavior lead them to all go to my waste of space place or fake look or shitter, right. instant ham, you know. what? So, so <laughs> okay, now that feels is gone, what is the yeah. current proj? I'm just going by Lena now. Um, I've been playing some shows around LA. I have a full album that's done that I'm shopping around, but label the whole pressing vinyl situation is very bleak right now because of all the backlog from the pandemic and Adele decides to press a record and you know the whole industry stops. So I might, I'm probably just going to release it myself next year because um, I have a new one that I really want to start working on. You know. Um, but as I mentioned before, it is, you know, it's, I mean, it's still, I'm still the same songwriter, but it's a softer side of music for me. You know what I mean? It's kind of a more personal side. Um, and I think the rock and stuff will probably still come through because, you know, before I had feels to channel that and now I don't. So I think that that, I think it will probably come through, but we'll see. I mean, right now I'm doing I'm doing shows sometimes joined with other musicians, but I've been doing stuff myself with like looping and then I'll have the violin and I'll do like some improv kind of noise stuff in there. And then there's also just like classic songs tucked in there too. It's, I'm kind of, it's kind of, I'm in a fun space right now where I can kind of experiment with stuff and figure out, you know, where that path is leading. Well, what about the side mouse? Are you still helping people out? 
Yeah, I mean... Okay, I, I think that's time. really healthy. I really think life is about taking turns. If you're going to get want to give people direction, maybe you should learn to take direction. You know, I, I, I found this out. Yeah. Definitely. I think, I think anyone who's trying to, you know, lead a band should, should definitely have some experience uh, as a subordinate role too, because some people are out of control. You know, also, <laughs> yeah. also the other way too. Yeah. You know, I think because there's Truly. this thing called sidemanitis, right? You get all frustrated and hate everything and hate music and it's just something to service a lifestyle because you put yourself in a situation where that taking turns thing don't happen. So it's like right. you're in a rut, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, I definitely, that's a great point because, you know, everyone has a story to tell and everyone needs to be able to express themselves. and. You know, if you're if you're bottling all that up, then you're going to have resentment, you know. Absolute, absolute. And it's going to come out in your art, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, art, I mean, sincere art, right? John Coltrane said, if you're sincere, you can play a shoestring, right? But I, I think <laughs> Man, that's, that's nine-tenths of the law, it, I, right? We're talking about this uh techniques and stuff like that but sincerity too and i think you get that by being empathetic or help and being empathetic means about taking turns and trying other roles yeah and also just it's fun to step back yeah, absolutely, and play absolutely. a supportive role actually too, it's scary you know? too because you don't know what they want <laughs> yeah, so, yeah also, it's, you, it's you scary know, like, but i'll tell you this about... i'll tell you what's scary be in the boss and think you're going to learn everything. There's going to be stuff you're never going to learn. You're never going to... Yeah. Look, when you get the new uh, record out, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? I would love to. Okay. I would really love that. Thanks so much because we ran out of time. People, it's been the November 26, 2022 edition of the Lot for Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.